this year you're, it's a rise and build, and uh, I just believe you're going to have a wonderful journey because you've you know, set your hearts to pos posture yourself to be a dwelling place, carriers of his presence, living temples, which is what the Lord wants in the earth. And, and my assignment today is to speak into how we can uh, connect with others and, and help, them, uh, help build them into God's kingdom. I'm so glad Pastor Matt didn't say, uh, and help us how they build them into the church, because that comes. When people find Jesus, they will get into the church. Um, but we have got to bring people into the kingdom of God. And this theme is actually really close to, to our heart, because um, Ali and I have become very committed to, to embracing lifestyle practices that... Um, Help us to live missionally, day by day. And so I've called this message Living Sent. Uh, living Sent. Jesus said in John 20, verse 21, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Each one of us are called to live sent. Live sent, day by day. Um, that isn't the same as saying, you know, you need to become a missionary and move to another country. Um, I'm not saying that. It simply means that we learn to live our daily lives with a missional heart and a missional mindset. And we learn to live sent. And as I look at the life of Jesus, I see two easily visible traits about his life. He regularly spent time in prayer. And that was the one thing the disciples asked him to teach them how to do. He, they didn't say, Lord, teach us how to heal the sick, how to work miracles, how to multiply bread and fish, how to walk on water. Lord, teach us how to pray, because they saw something in his prayer life that was, they were up close and personal as he prayed, and they saw something so different that they wanted. And the other thing I see about his life is he regularly spent time in prayer with the Father, and he was very present to people. Um, I think the two traits are entirely connected. They're entirely connected. Jesus noticed people, and he had time to stop and connect with people, which how many know that's a challenge in our busy, frantic world? Yes. We are going from A to B, and we don't want to stop. Yes. You know, we, we, we are not that good at stopping, being present, being still with the person, listening and connecting uh, with them. And yet Jesus was, he noticed people and he had time to stop and connect with people because through prayer, his heart aligned with the Father's heart. Jesus said, I don't do, I, I only do what I see the Father doing. So every day he had to be dependent upon the Father to see what the Father was doing. And then he was able to stop, connect, be with people. And, uh, you know, all of us, we desire to be seen. There's not one person in the room here. When you walk in here, you don't want to be seen. You, you haven't come here to hide. You've come here to be seen. You've come here to be valued. You've come here to be listened to, to be, to be heard. And that, that's, that's the same for all of us. And, and it's because, you know, the Father sees us. The Father values us, and the Father listens to us. And so that's what Jesus did. And we are sent to live likewise. 
Let me tell a related story that happened um, in my life last year that connects the dots between prayer and mission. Um, it was one morning in the, in the winter months of the year last year that it was a Tuesday, which is significant. Um, I was up early to pray. I'm always up early to pray. I, I like to get up early, but it's not always easy, you know, especially when it's dark and it's cold. And uh, I, I've learned to, to wear my Ugg boots, you know, in those hours. And that's made a difference, I'm telling you. And, uh, and honestly, this particular morning was so cold that I, I really thought about going back to the warm bed, you know, that I just got out of. But I, but I persevered because I've learned this about prayer, that prayer is a contested space. It's the one place the enemy will contest you over and over and over and over. Prayer is a contested space. And uh, one of the best practices I know about prayer is this. Just simply keep showing up to pray. If you will keep showing up to pray, you will break through into that, in that space. You will win that contest um, in your life. And uh, so but prayer wasn't particularly easy this, this morning. It was cold and... And, you know, I'm chewing through the sawdust. You, you know what I mean. You know, you're there to be with Jesus, but there's not a lot happening, right? You, you, am I the only one that experiences that? You know, and, uh, and I'm having a fairly ordinary time. And I think to myself, maybe the Lord's saying to me, go back to bed. But that, that deci- I, I just thought, that decidedly sounds like my flesh. So, uh, so, uh, so. This is what I thought. I thought, well, I'll just pray through the Lord's Prayer. That's the prayer he goes. So I just started praying through the Lord's Prayer. I'll a little bit on, on each phrase of the prayer that he taught us. And I, I get to give us today our daily bread. And all of a sudden, my heart is moved by God's Spirit into something deeper in God's heart. And uh, I begin to feel a depth of desire in God for people to receive their daily bread. I wasn't thinking this related to food. I mean, our fridge is full. Is your fridge full? You know, like we've got enough food to give away. I'm, I didn't think it related to, to food. So, so I'm praying that people would receive the bread of life, you know. I'm praying for salvation in the world. I, I'm praying for, for people I know that are sick, that they would receive the bread of healing and that God's healing mercies would be, would be manifest in the earth. And I'm sensing God's heart on those prayers. But then I just begin to pray for food, for daily bread for people uh, who have none, and the river gets deeper again. You know, now I'm experiencing this real moment of spirit-activated intercession for food for people. But let me tell you, just as a learning lesson, that's how intercession works. One of the uh, Hebrew words, one of the Old Testament words for intercession simply means to fall upon or to light upon by chance. And that's what happens. That's why prayer is a contested space. Because the enemy's trying to stop us from really aligning with the heart of God for that day. And, and if we learn just to stick and just, oh, I just touched something. I just came upon something by chance. Just go deeper in that. And, uh, and something will, will open up. So, so now I'm experiencing this real moment of, of spirit activating in the session. I'm praying, Lord, I don't need daily bread. Our fridge has food in it. But some people are not going to eat today. Lord, get them food. And I mean, the river is flowing. I feel I can sense God's heart all over this time of prayer for others. I look at the time and it's 10 to 6 and 
that's the time I go for a swim. So, um, so it's time for, so I stop and get ready to go for a swim. But I'm thinking, oh, that was powerful. I'm so glad I showed up today, you know. But Tuesday morning, same day, Tuesday morning is staff meeting day. And uh, we always have morning tea together at the end of it. And, and pretty much at the end of morning tea, it's, it's round about quarter past 11 or so, um, there's this young man um, walk up towards a locked door where we are gathered. And uh, he knocks at the door. And because of the way he's dressed, I'm thinking he's a delivery guy or a tradie. Um, so I'm the only one that noticed him. So I went up to the door, opened it, say hi. And, and I'm thinking, you know, he's got a delivery or a job to do. And he just gives me this really big smile. And he says, could I have a cup of coffee, please? And uh, I do a double take in my mind because it's not what I'm expecting. And, uh, and, and I say, Sure, come on in. You know, why not? And I sat him at a table, and there's a coffee machine there, and some of the team know how to do it, so I asked someone to make him uh, a coffee from the coffee machine. And then I just kind of casually say, would you like something to eat? And he looked at me and said, could I? I said, sure. And uh, I take him up to the table that we all bring a plate. You know, we're rostered on the bring a plate, or we used to be in my old life. And... Uh, and um, you know, uh, for the first time in our history, there's nothing left on the table. So there's nothing for him to eat. And, uh, and uh, so he just, he just goes back to where he was sitting, waits for his coffee, just smiles. But someone else on team had, had noticed and offered to go upstairs to get him a plate of food because we'd had a meeting the night before and, you know, one of these kind of leadership things and there was some nice food and, and there was leftovers. And so he, she went upstairs to get a plate of leftovers and I sit and chat with him and, you know, his name was Michael. And I discovered that he actually was a tradie, but he'd fallen on, on really hard times. And then I saw the team member come back with with a plate of food from upstairs. So I got up to give it to Michael, and it was a beautiful plate of leftovers. It, it, was, it was filled with salads and cold meats, and it was piled high. And as I gave it to him, he started saying, wow, oh, 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 wow. Is this, is this all for me? Is, it, is this all for me? And can I have all of this? And I said, yeah, it's all for you. He was laughing with glee like he had just won the lottery. It's like it was, he could not get over the plate of food that was in front of him. And I walked away to let him eat in peace. You know, I showed him where the amenities were and stuff like that. And as I left, he said, hey, Graham, can you come back? I said, sure. He said, would you mind telling me what this is? I said, yeah, that's a carrot and quinoa salad. Um, that's a roast pumpkin and rice salad. That's some pulled lamb. That's some pulled pork. And the whole time, he's chuckling. He's just chuckling, chuckling away. And as I walked away, he's still chuckling. And I knew I had just been part of a missional act of God and had witnessed an answer to my morning prayer. Lord, please get food to people who don't have any today. And I nearly went back to bed. I nearly went back to bed. And as I walked away, I knew that Michael had been seen. Michael had been valued. Michael had been heard. 
You see, I don't think we can separate prayer and connecting with others because prayer aligns us with the heart of God. You know, we've all done the three steps to witnessing and then we've got so discouraged and thrown it out because it's not natural life, is it? It's not natural life. How did, how did God let us know about that he was around? Oh, he just threw a track out of the sky with the three steps to witness. No, he sent his son in our likeness, in the flesh, who walked around connecting, connecting with us, you know. And, uh, and you know, prayer aligns us with the heart of God, but prayer is such a challenge to our busy and frantic pace of life. But I believe the Lord's calling us to be distinct and different. We're in the world and not of it, so we shouldn't run to the same tune. We should learn to slow down. We should learn to draw near. We should learn to listen. And, Father, what are you doing today, and can I be part of what you're doing? Um, even though we've got all of our jobs to do, it can work in together. And the other thing about prayer is, is that we usually do all the talking, <laughs> and we rarely stop to listen. And, uh, but God invites us to know him and to listen to him. Um, Jesus said in John 10 verse 14, I am the good shepherd and I know my uh, sheep and my sheep know me. And then in verse 14 of the same chapter, Jesus said, my sheep listen to my voice. So knowing God's heart and listening to his voice is the wellspring of connecting with others and living sent. It's the wellspring of where, uh, where our life in this area flows from. In Acts 8, 29, we read this amazing verse. The Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Go to that. The Spirit told Philip. Philip's like in a revival. He's busy. He's got, he's got his entourage looking after him. And the Spirit says to Philip, I'm amazed that, Spirit, that Philip could hear. In the, in the midst of all that activity, he had tuned his heart to be still, to be quiet before the Lord, even in the activity. And uh, he could hear the Spirit tell him, go to that chariot. Which BMW do you want me to get next to? Go to that chariot and, uh, and stay near it. You know, God wants us to be able to hear those same promptings and impulses uh, of the Spirit in our lives in the 21st century. John 15, verses 26 to 27, Jesus said, When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. So the Holy Spirit is at work in people's hearts, testifying about Jesus to them. Theologians call this the provenient grace of God. It's the grace of God that's at work in a person's heart before they know who Jesus is and who God is. And it's, it's no one can come to the Father. No one can come to me except the Father draw him. It's that we've all been drawn. And before we knew we were, we were being drawn, the Spirit of God was at work in our hearts. It's called the provenient grace of God. So the Spirit of truth is at work in the world, in our, in our worlds that we inhabit, testifying to Jesus. But then Jesus said, you also must testify. And so, so Jesus is inviting us into this cooperative partnership with him, with his mission. He wants us to know where he's at work. 
You, you know, tomorrow you go to work, you go to school, or you go to the shops. God's at work in people's lives all around us. That person you've been working next to for the last five years, God's at work in that person's life. But we've got to take time to ask the Father to show us and to, and to come into cooperative mission. It's dependent upon our listening to him. Go to that chariot and stay near it. Go to that chariot. You know, I, I swim. I swim five mornings a week, and uh, Monday through Friday, and I've been doing that for quite a number of years now. And I've made, I've made friends with numbers of people. You know, they're, they're not church people. They're people that swim. <laughs> and, uh, you know, um, so I, but I've worked out that I'm not just there to swim. <laughs> it's, I'm not just there for me. And uh, so I'm, I'm constantly asking the Holy Spirit, where are you at work in the lives of my friends at the pool? You know, I want to know which chariot to stay near to. I want to know where God is at work and I want to connect with that person. And I'm finding the more I stir my heart in the presence of the Lord in prayer, the more aware I am of where God is working and the opportunities of the spirit I've, I'm being presented with. But it's a, it's a, there's a conflict. I find there's a conflict because the leading of the Holy Spirit it often requires you to set aside your own agenda. Uh, not for what you think you need to do with that person, not just there, but also like you might be due at a meeting in 15 minutes and the Holy Spirit says, I'm at work right now. Would you like to join me? You know, and we've got to set, our own, set aside our own agenda to be present to people. You know, to value them, to see them, to hear them, to, to, to listen to them, to their story, to their life. You know, a few months ago, I stood in the shallow end of the pool. I, I'd finished my, my laps, and there's a, there's a guy there that I've got to know a little bit. I've got to know him a whole lot more now. Uh, his name's Brendan, and uh, we're chatting. You know, we've never said more than, G'day, how you going? You know, but we're chatting, and there's it, just this... I don't know, just this opportunity opened up and uh, uh, he told me how two years ago his 21-year-old son had an accident in the surf and, and now he's a paraplegic. So you, you know that that's, that changed Brendan and his wife's life. And uh, so he tells me the story and it's a 25-minute conversation standing in the pool <laughs> where normally I'd be out, dried off, up, out, onto my next thing, you know? And because uh, and, I have a schedule to keep. But God cares about Brendan, you know? And he's at work in Brendan's life, and Brendan isn't even aware of it. But I'm a follower of Jesus, so I'm aware of it. So the Holy Spirit's testifying, but you also must testify. We've got to help interpret to people what God is doing in their lives, you know? And, uh, and, and uh, so, you know, the Lord's far more interested in me coming alongside that precious man and building relationship with him. Go to that chariot and stay near it. I'm still near it. I'm still near Brendan. And uh, one Friday when I'd finished my laps, I, I, was, I was leaving the pool and I say a quick hi to my friend, I'm, I'm like walking out the door to keep going, and I say, quick hi to my friend, I'm John, and, and I say, 
I said, how are you? He goes, he's a real bright guy. He's a big guy, like he used to play rugby. You know, he's a big man, man, really hairy and stuff like that. Quite intimidating, you know, orbiting, you know. And he used to run me down in the lane when we shared. And, and, uh, I, and I, you know, he's bright. And I said to him, how are you? And, he, and uh, you know, because I'm quickly moving out, you know. And he said, oh, you know, I'm not too bad. And then I just recognized this, this nudge of the Holy Spirit. So I just say, what's going on, John? And uh, he proceeds to tell me that, that, um, that uh, his wife just been diagnosed with, he's just retired, and his wife's just been diagnosed with a health challenge that will absolutely change their lives. And I listen to his story, and I can actually feel the Holy Spirit helping me to be present. You know, because I'm thinking, just be present. Just, just look at the man. Lean in, listen to him. He wants to be seen. He wants to be valued. He wants to be heard, you know. And uh, so at one point he says, because you, he's retired, you know, and everything like that, only just retired. He says, you couldn't believe that this wasn't part of the plan. And uh, first time I felt to say anything the whole time in the conversation. So I feel this nudge. And I say, no, it wasn't, John. The plan was for better or for worse, in sickness or in health. He looked at me and he said, that's it. I, I said to my wife, I I I'll look after you. I won't leave you no matter what. And, uh, you know, he's this big guy. And I put my hand on his shoulder and I say, you're a good man, John. He tears up, you know. And uh, I just got a little closer to someone. The Spirit is at work in. Go to that chariot and stay near it, you know. And uh, over the last two years, um, I've, um, Ali and I have uh, gotten together with a group of friends from the pool. They're all ladies, um, all married. And uh, like I'm 67 and they range like in their 50s to their mid-70s. And I've just gotten to know them and, and they're friends with each other and I've got to know them and they love me and I love them and, and all of that. And uh, so over the last two years, we've just started getting together at the, at the Manly Boathouse and we just, we don't go into the restaurant, we just get a drink and a snack from the bar, you know. And their spouses always come along. So we've done that about five times in the, in the last two, two years. And our, our last um, get-together was November. It's a really funny story because one of, the, one of the ladies, her husband's name's Graham as well. He's in his 50s, he's a solicitor. And he sits down next to me at, at, at this, as we're getting together. And, uh, he, he looks at me and says, um, so you're a pastor? I said, yeah, actually, I am. And uh, he said, funny story. He said, Robin, who's in the 70s, who organized the, the get-together, um, said, said to me, oh, did you know that Graham was a pastor? But he heard, did you know that Graham passed away? Did you know that Graham passed away? Because, like, at the beginning of, of last year, I had, a, I had another serious health challenge with my heart and had to have some more stents put in. And, uh, and we had got together at one time, and they could tell I wasn't, I wasn't doing the best. And so he thought I hadn't made it, because we hadn't been together since then. So he thought I hadn't made it. And then she said, but Graham will be there Thursday night. And he's thinking, he's thinking, this is a bit strange. Um, 
uh, and he assumed there would be an urn with some ashes in the middle of the table. And, and they were going to just have a, you know, cheers to Graham and console Ali, you know, and, and that kind of thing. And she, he, she, she goes, no, 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 he's not passed away. He's a pastor. So, uh, so and then he, then he looks at me and he says, do you know Bible history, that, that time, Bible history is my favorite subject, but I've never read the Bible. This is two years of having stuff. And, uh, and then he quotes something, something to me, you know, the handwriting on the wall. I said, that's in the book of Daniel. He says, is it? I said, yeah. He says, I'm going to read the book of Daniel. So actually, he is. Um, and uh, and um, he said to me, I don't really have faith. He said, um, my wife, Helen, she has faith. She's a Catholic, a family Catholic, and she has faith. But I, I don't have faith. And I, I look at him and say, Graham, you can have faith. Everyone can have faith because faith is a gift. Yes. He's quiet, you know. And then I say, faith's a journey. He lights up because there is a journey going on inside of him that he's not even aware of. Yeah. The prevenient grace of God. So and uh, and he, he lights up. He goes, yeah, it is, isn't it? I said, yeah. I said, you know what, Graham, I know this course that gets presented by a solicitor. I think you'd really like him. It's called Alpha. I said, it goes for six weeks. It's 30 minutes. Um, we can talk about it if you want. Um, it goes through who is Jesus, why pray, what's faith, what's the Bible about. I said, I could take you through that if you would like. He, I said, in the new year, you know, because it was November and Christmas and all that. And he looked at me and he said, would you do that for me? I said, yeah, I'd love to. Ka-ching. <laughs> you know, but I'm just keeping it cool. Twice throughout the night, he leans over and says, we're going to do that thing in the new year, right? I said, absolutely. When we said goodbye, he said, we're going to do that thing in the new year, aren't we? I said, absolutely, Graham. So Wednesday this week will be our fourth time together. Wow. be our fourth time. And, uh, you know, he's not ready for this. He's not ready for to even to come into a building and sit with other people and have a meal and do it, you know. But he is so willing to sit on his deck at his home with me. And he gives me an hour and a half. And he's a, he's a solicitor. He's a, but, and then we watch it. And uh, he asks questions and he opens up. And last week he said to me, because it was about why, does, why did Jesus die? And uh, he just goes... That's so powerful. Because it's the message of forgiveness. We all need forgiveness. We all need to forgive. We all need to be forgiven. It touches every human heart. But I'm only there because the Holy Spirit has said, see that chariot? <laughs> see that person that's, that's leaning in and asking you a question? There's more going on in his heart than you're aware of. Can you get alongside him for my sake. And uh, he said to me this week, because he asked me about prayer the week before, and, and so I told him what it looked like for me. And, you know, I just, I just say, Graham, prayer is just talking to God. That's all he needs to know. <laughs> you know, he said, oh, it's very genuine when I ask you that. I want you to know I've started a conversation with God. Oh, 
That's awesome. You know, like, it's, it's so good. And uh, it's go to that chariot and stay near it. So I, I want to ask a question. Which chariot in your world is the Holy Spirit directing you to get alongside and stay near? I guarantee you there are people in your daily circle, in your daily world, where the prevenient grace of God is at work. The Holy Spirit is testifying and Jesus is asking us, can we live sent? Can we live different? Can we march to a different drumbeat? Can we not be caught up with, with everything that the world tells us we need to be caught up with? Can we stop being so distracted from the Father's heart by everything that gets our attention? Can we learn to be still? Can we learn to bring our heart before him day by day, knowing it's a contested space, but knowing that there is life there. There is relational life for us, and then there could be the salvation of other people just on the other side of it as well. We pray, we listen, so we can live sent. As the Father sent me, so I am sending you. Good, good. Why don't we stand together? Could I pray for us? Yeah. Oh, Lord's good. Pastor Matt, I don't know everybody here, but Pastor Matt might come at the end and ask a really important question. I'm not too sure how we do things here, but but I'll leave that to Pastor Matt. But why don't we just pray? You know, if you're comfortable, why don't you put your hands out in front of you and you know the direction our prayer is going to take. You know, it's going to be one of availability. Lord, here we are standing, making ourselves available to you. Father, I thank you for the beautiful, precious work of your grace that's taking place amongst this beautiful congregation of people. New Day Church. I thank you so much for Pastor Matt and Pastor Anna and Lord, their heart and what all that's in their heart and Lord, there's fruitfulness flowing here because of what you've put in their hearts. Lord, that there's a well that's being dug because they've dug a well. And Lord, I'm so grateful and honor them before your presence. And uh, Lord, I thank you for the lean in that's in our hearts here today in this place. Lord, thank you that you are still at work in the world. Lord, we thank you that the Holy Spirit is at work in people's lives, people that we know, people that we're friends with, people that we love. Lord, would you open the eyes of our heart to see where you are at work? Would you help us, Father, to position ourselves before you day after day, after day. Lord, just to be with you for the sake of being with you. But also, Lord, that we might know your heart. That as the Father sent us, we can be postured and positioned to be sent. So, Lord, I pray, show us. Lord, show us by your Spirit where you at work in the lives of those around us. Grant us the opportunities and the 
the courageous love to get alongside that person and to stay near them and just be there to partner with you in what you are doing. Father, we ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone who agreed said, Amen and Amen. Fantastic. How good was that? Yeah. Let's give Pastor Graham a